this time on Holy Ghost Notes. No way! What are you trying to say, Mike? We're not going to read into it too much. Can I say this? Is this right? We just partied all night. <laughs> I'm dropping the ball here. And everybody was like, ah! <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Tim and Matt, and you are listening to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. We've got a we've got a fun one. How are you doing, Matt? First off, I'm doing very well. Yeah, we do have a fun one today. Um, and you know what? I think that this episode is going to be unique and set apart from the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the on the basis on the premise that it's just a conversation that's that just so happens to be recorded. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really hard to do with a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier to do with just you and myself. But when you bring someone else into that, especially someone that I've never met before, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as you'll find out, yeah, it's tough. And man, this is just a really really good conversation that um, I think I think you guys are going to really love. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit about Mike Sleeth because I don't think we ever actually came out and introduced him um so so mike is a is a, a session drummer a uh, a touring drummer um and he's currently on well <laughs> he will be on the road again with sean mendez um he's been uh he's been with sean for a number of years now and um i, I was introduced to mike just I, I like a random interview came up on my feed i don't even remember if it was like facebook or instagram or something but um i saw this interview and it was just so fascinating to me how he talked about his uh, his drumming, and I think I mentioned it in an earlier interview when I kind of teased that he'd be coming on, but um, and he didn't say this in his interview. I meant to ask him about it, but he he was talking about just how you have to you know um, fake it till you make it, kind of. Uh, and and he he in this interview he talked about how he actually had to go purchase. Uh, a piece of drum uh, hardware, like I think it was like um, like a, a, a an electro, like an octopad or something like that. He had to. He was asked if he knew how to use it at an audition. Said yes. Got the part. <laughs> quick went. Bought an octopad. <laughs> spent all night learning it. You know, and and that was just so fascinating to me. And I was like, I have to have this guy on the show. So, hmm. um, and, and I do mention it in the interview. But uh, reaching out to him and and talking to him over the past you know month was such a pleasure. This guy is is a serious professional, um, but uh, so down to earth. Um, so it was it was really just it was cool getting to know him a little bit even before um, this interview, and it, it was a lot different in that we hadn't had prior conversations with mm-hmm. him as we have with other guests. Um, he, he didn't have a relationship with you. He hadn't toured with you in the past or mm-hmm. anything like that. So, you know, hadn't built drums with you for for, you, <laughs> for a year or two. Um, you know, so it was different, but I think it was it was cool. And uh, um, I, I, I think you guys will really enjoy it. So Yeah, so as you'll hear, uh, we actually just start recording our conversation as we're getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, and... And um, one one thing, my takeaway just before even listening to it, um, as a listener, be be listening to the to the uh, sense that that he um, that sort of underneath everything that he's talking about, he's consistent in how he approaches people and how he deals with people and how he works with people and what he sees in people. Mm. And I think the the proof of that is that he he didn't know that I was in a band. He didn't know that I was um, you know, in a similar line of work and and right from the start he's just very nice, respectful and looks to hear what everyone else has to say, yeah. right? So there's no reason for him to do that. Um with someone um where there's 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 not a motive to impress mm-hmm. or to live up to someone else's idea of what he should be and so my takeaway once again we talk about a, you know there's a lot on this podcast is no matter who you meet no matter who you interact with no matter what their position status you know whatever it is in life it, treat them with consistent love and respect and listen to what they have to say doesn't matter who it is and I, I really appreciate that about him I, like I said I think it's a consistent thread the whole way from the start to the you know to the end of this interview mm-hmm. um, or conversation actually yeah 
And um, and underneath of that is just this sense that he feels like the luckiest guy on the planet to be doing what he's doing, and he really enjoys it. Yep. And I think so much of what he does in life comes from that place. Yeah. No matter what what situation he's in, he's still going to look at it and say, okay, this this sucks, but I'm still the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. So we have this expression on tour when we have a bad day on tour, terrible load in, sound system sucks, poor attendance, bad drive, whatever it is. Um, we say our worst day on tour is still is still better than most people's best. Mm. Right. And yeah. and what we mean by that isn't that, you know, um, that everyone else has it worse than us or that we have it better than everyone else. It's just that we are the luckiest people in the world to be playing music and touring the world. Sure. And I, I think, you know, that's uh, that's a really important perspective. And I think that that's my main takeaway from this conversation. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing I, I want to say quick is that, you know, uh, some of you might be like, oh, drummer for Sean Mendez. I hope they ask like how he got to where he is or like what he had to do to get this gig. And uh, we did talk about it a little bit, but the thing that I really took away from this the most was that he got this gig by knowing people hmm. and just by grinding. Like, like he is a great drummer. Go watch any of his videos. You know, he, he is, he is up there with the best, but and that pro- that definitely got him the gig. He still had to audition, of course, but he built relationships and maintained relationships. Hmm. You know, that was like that snowball effect that he talks about is is not necessarily him just getting better as a drummer and people seeing him and noticing how good he is to get, you know, it was him building relationships and treating people with respect and mm-hmm. and that I think ultimately is what got him to where he is now so hmm. that's great yeah hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did here we go mike sleep neighbors an Amish farm okay. and then three miles from where I live is Rock Lidditz which is like one of the entertainment's biggest mm. yeah, right right past Ple- Pleasure Pennsylvania uh, and yeah. uh, intercourse, intercourse right intercourse <laughs> yeah bird in hand intercourse paradise we, we've, we've done a lot of the Rock Lidditz uh, rehearsals and stuff like mm. so driving from I guess we'd always drive from like is it Newark or where, where do you fly from yeah Newark yeah from Newark or Philly uh, the best part is opening up Google Maps and being like, wow, look at the name of that. How do they get away with naming it that? <laughs> like, it's like intercourse, pleasure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bird in hand. Paradise. Paradise. Ah. Oh. Paradise. Oh, paradise. Oh, is it par- oh. Is it paradise, not pleasure? It's paradise. Uh, uh, but paradise. there might be a pleasure. I'm not going to discount that. There's also blue ball. Blue ball. <laughs> wow. Really- <laughs> uh, you didn't know that Tim? i don't know how i didn't know that that's wild wow <laughs> yeah you, you have to drive well anyway we won't even go down that road but uh, you we have a lot of uh history here with yeah. the amish you know oh. culture and uh it humors people that travel here and other people we talk about it like it's like you're talking about new york yeah. city like yeah. yeah that's the name and then someone's like wait really that's the name and then you say to yourself <laughs> I guess that is a little bit funny, but why are you still laughing? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the name of the town. <laughs> right. you, you guys do, uh, what's it called? Shoe Fly Pie? Yes. Yep. And Whoopie Pie, right? Oh, I've never had one of those. What's that? We got to get Michael Whoopie Pie. Yeah. Next Let's time get... you're at Rock Lit, it's rehearsing. I'll drive three miles down the road and Let... probably buy one on the way. Yeah. Let's get a round of Whoopie Pies. I'm very into that. That sounds great. <laughs> shoe Fly Pie is like my favorite. I will. Mm-hmm. My grandma makes. Uh, the best shoe fly pie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the first place I had ever seen it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I I can't say I I've don't seen think it's it a thing in Canada. So yeah. How many how many places have you traveled in the world, Mike? Uh oh. I don't know. <laughs> um, how many how many countries? Do you do you know roundabout? Uh it's difficult to say. I I've well I've been to every continent but 
Africa and um, Antarctica. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've done – how many continents so are there? So I've been right? – so you haven't been to – you haven't been to Antarctica, but you also haven't no. been. To, so you, so you've never been. Um, so you've been to all parts of Europe, or just mainly the majority the UK, of it. mainland. No, okay. no, we do, we do, um, we do pretty extensive tours out there. Um, yeah, yeah, like he's he, he uh, Sean has like a really big reach at like all through Europe. So we do a lot in. Um, I don't know what the next tours are going to look at but in past we normally do like a bunch of dates in italy a bunch of dates in germany um uh and then some of these we do like more just the main cities like poland poland we we do krakow oh um, yeah where else like um yeah we do i, I don't know we do a lot of them mm. like yeah <clears throat> do you do a lot in south america a fair bit it's okay. it's the last time in the art on the last tour was the last time that we actually went to South America minus okay. Bra minus Brazil and um, and Mexico. We had done stuff there before. La the last time we did um, uh, we did Argentina, Peru, uh, Mexico, but that's not really South America. Um, mm -hmm. And where else? I'm really bad at geography. <laughs> what about <laughs> Australia? Have you oh, been yeah. There? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you've really been everywhere except for Africa and Antarctica. So so yeah. I've I've been everywhere except for Antarctica. So we okay. went to South Africa for the oh, first time a couple years ago. Beautiful. I, I yeah. I'm dying to go to South Africa. It was incredible. <laughs> Cape Town and Joburg. I taught a drum clinic there. You gotta get there. It's it's really it's beautiful. It's, I hear it's, it's the surfing it's so amazing, far away. Right? Yeah. The I I don't know about the surfing, but I know people talk about it. It's just it's just a beautiful place to visit. And then, really, of course, you know the travel is is pretty pretty wild. Like it's yeah. about as far away as you can go. Yeah, crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. I would absolutely love to go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't really know too much about your background. Yeah. Uh, and funny enough, we're meeting on here for the first time. <laughs> but I would imagine some of our listeners don't know your backstory with, you know, the band and playing and everything. Can you bring everyone up to speed as far as like, how did you pick up a pair of sticks for the first time? How did you get the job opportunity that you have now? That sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, so I started playing when I was about 10 years old. Um, I got, I got my very first, well, my, my uncle was a drummer, so I'd been sort of introduced to that, um, at a very early age. So sweet. Yeah, like he he's he, well, my uncle toured a lot in like the late seventies, eighties kind of thing. So, um, he al he always had a designated drum room, mm. you know. Even oh, though he didn't sweet. he didn't really practice too much anymore by the time I came along. But um, uh, yeah, I whenever I would just go over to his house, I'd like just open up this drum room, and he had this huge like like I'm talking double bass drums toms mm. everywhere a gong and it was this like ludwig kit from 1974 wow uh, nice. and it was like black he had cowbells he had all this stuff so i used to just sit you know i was like five six years old i remember just sitting behind this kit like i couldn't reach the pedals just like you know <laughs> like i and i don't i i didn't i have no i had no idea how to play the drums or anything but there was just like something about it like they had this like essence Mm -hmm. uh, it was I, like I don't know I still can't describe it but I remember just being so enamored with these drums yeah um and then so I kept on begging my parents get me get me a drum set get me a drum set and then I just and then my brother got me drumsticks one year for Christmas um so then I just became a drummer like I felt like I was a drummer mm. and I was mm. you know I didn't have drums no idea how to play the drums but I had drumsticks mm -hmm. and I had two best friends one wanted to be a guitar player and then the other one didn't know what he wanted to do, so he was going to be the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> so then I remember like signing them to a contract, being like, "We're a band, like let's go." None of us Did had you instruments. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I I tried looking. I don't think I have the contract, but the band was called Cinder. 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 Very cool. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean or what it. <laughs> but at, you know, we were maybe 
eight or nine, it sounded really cool. <laughs> really, really cool. I mean, I, I don't hate that name now. Like, I, I don't think it's a good name for, like, a, like a metal band, but it's it's a good name for a rock band. For sure. It's it's pretty um, similar to Seether. Yeah. Yeah. Seether. And maybe that's why I think mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Hinder. I mean, you uh, could have come up with worse, like it, yeah. All the Springs Red, which is yeah. the worst name on the planet. <laughs> And in the end, what's funny about band names is that they don't matter. That's true. Um, you know, for example, Radiohead is not a good band name, but Radiohead's amazing, and therefore yeah. it's a cool name. Yeah. So the music mm-hmm. is a projection onto the name versus the name being a projection yeah. on, onto what the music. Coldplay. Yeah. Coldplay. <laughs> like Coldplay. Cold if I play. if I was given a demo tape from a band called Coldplay, it would go immediately in the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, what did we used to say on tour? Boy, it's been a while since I've been on tour. I have to remember this. Yeah. Um, if we got demos sometimes, and if you're listening to this and you were one of those local bands, this did not happen all the time, but occasionally, admittedly, we did do this. We would sign them to Roadside Records, I think is what we would call it. <laughs> Roll down the window and <laughs> I'm not saying this happened often. It it definitely has happened in our career. And it that always just made me laugh thinking about that. Yeah. It's just a, 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 a smart term for mm. something. Oh yeah. Like that. That's hilarious. You're signed. <laughs> You're signed. Good luck. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fine. Um but yeah, yeah. So so like after that, whatever, I just started playing drums and then I was in bands and all this kind of stuff, and I was in this one band that were, we like, you guys at that time, you, like August Burns Red would have been considered the biggest band in the world. Like, all American bands doing, you know, anybody who had like a van and a trailer and were on the road was the biggest band in the world. It doesn't get any bigger than that. <laughs> right. So, so we eventually got a van and a trailer and we started touring a little bit and touring in like, I guess, like the. Uh, like the north northern part of the states and all this stuff, and we thought we had made it. Like we're playing in, you probably know. Do you know Extreme Reels in Buffalo? No. Mm-hmm. It was. This is probably. This is around two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Anyway, we used to okay. play these skate skate parks and stuff cool. like that, and we were the biggest band. There was no bigger band than us. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> then the band broke up, <laughs> and <laughs> like a year later. Um, and then, and then, so it was like, well, I'm not going to pack this in. And I was like, I was auditioning for all these schools or for this one school. And I was denied every single time. Wow. So I'm like, and this is three years in a row. So I was like, all right, I don't need the school thing. Let's just figure out another way. So then I just started working with all kinds of different artists and like creating all these different opportunities. And then things like just snowballed and snowballed. And I was working with bigger artists and bigger artists and bigger artists. And then I was, uh, um, and then I'd, I'd befriended um, Justin Bieber's musical director, and through that, um, a couple of years later, he got asked to put the Sean band together, and um, and I was fortunate enough to be like one of the first calls to to go audition for that. So that's mm-hmm. so cool. Okay, so that's when you started playing, it sounds like your interests were just really rooted in the fact that you saw a family member playing drums, and he was. It sounded like he was kind of the catalyst to you playing like yep. take him out of the equation do you think you still would have found your way to a drum set i don't know i, pr- I, I mean, wouldn't it's have hard had... to say but i don't come from a musical family at all like same with always me a... yeah like how would you... I... I would have never known right you know yeah like there would so, be no <laughs> yeah yeah so when you started and you started playing with your band um what what were your aspirations at that point was it to do music full-time and really chase this thing or were you thinking this is fun for now we're playing these skate parks and american legions and we're you know doing these night drives this is fun but i don't really want to do this forever um no i wanted to be travis barker i wanted to be the biggest drummer that's ever been (laughs) i wanted to i was always like you know the band's doing pretty well i'm probably not going to be able to finish school (laughs) <laughs> like you know i like i'm probably not i'm probably gonna be on the road so much that like i'm not gonna be able to finish high school like you know i'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be as famous as travis barker you know sure. it's uh-huh. all gonna be good yeah. uh-huh well that didn't happen guys <laughs> <laughs> i'm still waiting for the day have you met travis i have yeah. yeah yeah and were you were you let down or were you impressed i i had uh i love like my interaction with we were playing um we were playing the american music awards this is uh, 
Uh, you know what's funny? As a Canadian, I've now played the American Music Awards, I think, eight times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? With multiple different artists. Like That's funny. <laughs> but I always think it's funny. Every single time I go and play the American Music Awards, I'm, I'm like the farthest thing from – I'm not the farthest thing from being American. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I am not right. American. I've played more – I've played the American Music Awards more than I've played any award show we have here, pretty much. Yeah, you have more claim Canada. to American yeah, music yeah. than we, – I mean, we don't have a lot, but, like, you know. <laughs> but – um. Wow, that's but yeah, wild. We, were, funny. we were playing this one year, and Sean's security guard used to be Travis's personal security guard. And uh, so he toured with Blink-22. This guy, like, some of these security guards are the are bigger than any rock star I've ever met. Like, like uh-huh. Sean's security guard was Rage Against Machines' for first security guard, did all those crazy political shows that they were doing in Mexico City and all this stuff. Wow, like the sto- Oh, he was Marilyn Manson's security guard for years. Jeez. Um, so the stories these guys have, oh my god! Anyway, oh so he was gosh. he was he was Travis's personal security guard, and um, Travis was playing with the Chainsmokers. This, I, I this is probably, this is like three or four years ago. I don't I don't remember when. Um, but anyway, Travis that was when Chainsmokers had that really big song called yeah. Closer. Mm-hmm. Whatever year that was, yeah, um, mm-hmm. a couple of years and, ago. And they, they mentioned, like, Blink-182, so then the whole idea is near the end of the performance, like, Travis emerges from the stage, and there's, like, all this stuff. So, anyway, so I, like, Sean Security Guard knew how much of a Travis Blink-182 fan I was, and he was like, look, just hang outside Sean's trailer, and I'll, when the time is right, I'll take you in to meet Travis. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I was just, like, I was, like, standing out there. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to say to him and all this stuff? And then yeah. he and then he came over, and he's, like, he's like, um, so you know those award shows where it's, like, like the band and the dancers and all this stuff are, like, in a pipe and drape kind of big. You know, we right. were in the, – the, they always do it at the, the Microsoft Theater in L.A. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were in, like, a pipe and drape kind of situation, and all the artists get, like, trailers outside. Right. So um, – well, Travis. first of all, hold on a second. So yeah. just pause this. Yeah. So um, as I'm listening to you tell this story, I'm thinking about what it would be like to just meet someone, like you run into them, and it's just like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. I've always wanted to meet you. I look up to you. Versus <laughs> the added suspense. <laughs> hey, you're going to stand here for a little while outside of this guy's trailer. Yeah, exactly. Like the And ent- you're going to wait. The anticipation is like the craziest thing ever because it's not it's not an organic thing like he you know it's like it's like this thing where it's like okay we're gonna physically take you and put you in front of this guy with the (laughs) only reason the only reason is so you can meet him (laughs) right and and you're probably thinking maybe a part of you is thinking like man like I I don't I'm gonna be lumped into his idea of what this is like usually yeah because everybody wants to meet Travis Barker Mm -hmm. but yeah. you're not you're not just somebody. I mean, you're a drummer who's very successful and is playing in the same same, same world arena, as him. Yeah. And so it's it's probably like what was it like for you going into that thinking like do I need to differentiate myself from just an everyday fan? <laughs> I mean, you are an everyday fan, yes, but also you're not you're not going to just like be oblivious to the fact that fame is something that has yeah. a little bit of you a didn't burden. Just to have it backstage passes to a Blink One Eighty Two concert. You were like, that's yeah. legit. Right. Yeah, yeah. We were like working the same for yeah. different artists. Yeah. Or something. Uh, so, so I was a little jaded going into this because the weekend before, I was introduced to Trey Cool from Green Day, mm. and we were we were staying there watching the Kings of Leon soundtrack. This is we were in um, uh, somewhere in Amsterdam. Like they, it, the European Music Awards were just. It was like maybe an hour outside Amsterdam. Oh, it's called Rotterdam, mm. in the uh, <laughs> in the Netherlands. Always, in the Netherlands. Okay, I didn't yeah. want to say it and be wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. in in Holland, I believe. Yeah, in Holland, the Dutch. Yes. In the Dutch. Um, <laughs> so I didn't want to say it and be wrong. <laughs> I feel like I, that pretty often yeah. too. It's like, can I say this? Is yeah. this right? <laughs> Um, so the, the, the weekend before, or maybe not the weekend before, but like in the very, like very, uh, nearby future, I had been introduced to Trey Cool and I was staying there. I was like, well, fuck, how often do you get to stand next to Trey Cool? And we were watching the Kings of Leon soundtrack and I like, and I was introduced to him and then we were just kind of standing there and not really talking, just watching Kings of Leon to like right. beside each other. So then I was like, I was like, Hey, do you mind if we take a photo together? And he looks over and he's like, not now. And then, so I'm standing there, and I, I like, I shrunk to that big. 
So like that. Oh man, the so, not like, now. Yeah, oh, no. he was just like not now. And then I was like super embarrassed, and I'm like, Fuck, I'm like, I can never see this guy again. I'm just gonna go disappear and like die in a hole somewhere. And then, um, and then we had just got off stage. Green Day were playing just after us. This was at the the European Music Awards, and um, and so we were. Just, Sean was about to get win an award. We had just walked off stage, and he was gonna go back on to accept this award. And we were just standing watching this TV. And Trey Cool and the rest of Green Day just uh, were walking by, and Trey was like, "Mike, great job, man! You sounded amazing." And then, and I had told everybody in my crew this story of how I was the biggest loser in the world. And then he, yeah, he was just like, "It just watched, man! Great job!" And walked on stage, and everybody was like, "Ah!" <laughs> and then we started, and we just partied all night. And then, but I never got the fit picture with him, and I never asked again. I was like, <laughs> but anyway, so I was just like, I was coming fresh off that experience. So oh then, oh my gosh, so how I do was you like, top it. That's am- I mean, you went from like despair to the mountain, yeah, all the emotions, yeah. <laughs> all the emotions. Like after that, I was like, wow, Trey Cool. Said I did a good job. I was like, I don't need right. a photo. I don't need a photo with him. I'm just gonna tell everybody no. this story every yeah. time. <laughs> um, but th- yeah, so then, so I like made up. I was like, do I ask him for a photo? Like, because I haven't seen him since, and I hadn't seen him before then. So you know, like up until now, that that has been a once in a lifetime opportunity to stand in front of my hero. Yeah. <laughs> but so then I was like, yeah. So I was escorted in, and and um, and then immediately Sean's security guard was like, I I gotta run. I'll be right back. So then I'm like sitting there, just me and Travis alone in his trailer. And he had like this little practice set up. And he's like, Yeah, so you're a drummer and all this stuff. And we were talking. He's like, And then I was like, What do you do to warm up? And he started showing me some warm up stuff. And then, and then like a bit more of a conversation happened, but it happened in like the blink of an eye. I don't even know what was said. And then I was like, Okay, this has been the perfect interaction. I need to get out of this room. <laughs> like, right. I need, I need to get out of this trailer. All, so, like, yeah. I was like, Hey, thank you so much for your time. It was so nice meeting yeah. you and all this stuff. And I got out of there. And now I have this amazing story of Travis <laughs> right. Barker. I but have I've... a very similar experience, though, where I felt the same thing. Like, yeah. I need to leave now because um, you don't want to ruin the moment. I'm an idiot out of myself if I say something dumb. And I feel like I, I could very easily do that. Yeah. You know, I I met him in L.A. Oh, yeah. Um, I uh, Bo Boken, who. Um, I know Bo so a... well. Do you really? Bo shot. Bo came out. Bo works for Drumeo. Or he did yeah. work for Drumio. He came out and shot. Um, okay. I, I did a day in the life with Drumio, and mm. and it was just me and Bo chilling all day in San Francisco. I same. I did the same thing. You did and the same I thing. Love, I love that guy. Amazing. Yeah, he came out and shot me in Vancouver. Oh, okay, cool. Um, man, I love. Bo. I miss Bo. Like yeah. talking about Bo makes me miss touring. Yeah. Bless the fall. The bless the fall. Bless the fall. <laughs> I was trying so, to think of it. I play, so I had a tour and we were in California for a couple of days and I had a day off. He's like, dude, you got to come with me. I'm going to see um, Blink play. I was like, all right. He's like, you like Travis, right? I was like, yeah. So he's like, all right. So I, I didn't know he had any connection with those guys, but we ended up backstage downstairs in the green room. And he had his, like you said, his whole practice set up there. This is after the show. Cool. And his kids were there and, you know, I introduced myself to him. We talked for a little bit and then his kids just started running around like having a good time. And at one point, one of, I think his son jumped on my back and I was like playing uncle (laughs) with Travis Travis Barker's son. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that was fun. And then to your point earlier, I'm like, I'm going to go. Like I met Travis. I feel like I'm maybe a little part of his family. A little bit, you know, yeah. I got a little taste, got a little taste. When are you moving uh, in? <laughs> right. It's like, I feel like I'm an uncle to these cool kids yeah. and this amazing drummer who's a hero of mine. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know what? My takeaway with Travis was he had no idea who I was um, and it didn't really matter to him. Yeah. So had I been a very successful drummer or had I been a nobody that is the biggest fan in the world and is going to take up all of his time? It didn't really he didn't treat me one way or the other. He just was nice and respectful and he asked questions. What a great guy. And that was it. Yeah. And and I was really impressed by that because in our line of work, it's easy to treat people differently based on what they have to offer or what yeah. they're going mm-hmm. to require of you, right? As as much as that sucks to say, it's like um you want to treat everybody the same way, but when the rubber meets the road, sometimes it can be difficult to treat someone that you 
you know, is is taking, 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 taking as a fan the same as someone who's really respectful and yeah, um, for sure. and isn't like that. So yeah, when I met Travis, man, that that just I I'll never forget the way that he treated me, um, and I really appreciate that about him because you yeah. never know when you meet someone that's of that status, it could just ruin your view of them mm-hmm. in yeah. the end. And no, absolutely. that guy's he's a stand up guy. Yeah. Fantastic drummer too, and he's really like like now he is as relevant now as he was tw- maybe not twenty years ago. Yeah, oh, twenty years sure. ago. You mm-hmm. know, I guess he's never really yeah. become yeah, yeah I think- unrelevant, but. No, I just read. I think Blink One Eighty Two just had uh, a number one selling album again, like just recently. <laughs> Do like, they have I a new nine, album? They've got a few with uh, Matt Skiba, not uh, I have it, not but, Tom DeLonge, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But is is there a new one within like the last couple like couple of years? Uh, <laughs> or is it that so ca- California? California came out and then Nine came out, and I think Nine was the best seller. I haven't. Li- the album's incredible, man. If you haven't listened to it, you gotta listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> I didn't. Even, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, no I didn't way. <laughs> That's I, what I'm doing this afternoon. I too am a big two fan. So yeah, I was all over wow. that. Wow, I have to check that out. I haven't yeah, even man. heard a single. Yeah, it's. Uh, mm. I forget what the single off that one was. The single wasn't as good as the rest of the album. The the album's really? solid though. Yeah. Ugh. Go. Uh, okay, so go here's listen to an pin, interesting. Pin the grenade. It's freaking awesome. Oh, here's really? an interesting yeah. thought. Um, if if you were to look at the life of Joey Jordison or the life of Travis Barker, who has had a bigger influence on your drumming, Tim and Mike? Me. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Travis Barker, hands down for me. Okay. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, same for you. I know a couple, Joey. I I like I know a couple Slipknot songs, but it, honestly, it always kind of scared me. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I I I couldn't really get past the masks. I was like, this it frightens me. <laughs> but not to a point where I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like. It just it just flat out scared me. Yeah. <laughs> like like I, 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 I like that one song. When Slipknot first really emerged, like on the global scale, I really like that one song. From Iowa. This is horrible. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a um, Slipknot um, fan um, either. So. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess you're talking about. Now I'm having a brain fart. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah, that's the one. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I'm having a brain fart now, Mike. You just sent your brain fart, you know, over to me. I can smell it. <laughs> but it's a great song. Whatever song that is, is a great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So for me, I wasn't directly influenced by Joey Jordison as much as I was indirectly influenced. But a lot of my fills and double bass and just love for speed and aggressive drumming. Uh, for me, I would say it's. 100% Joey Jordison. Mm. Really? As much as I respect Travis Barker and yeah. what he's done for drumming, and as much as, I mean, he's incredible, obviously. Um, I wasn't as much rudimentary driven. Mm. I, okay. I was more so driven by this idea of like, wow, you can take aggressive and musical drumming that sounds pissed off and angry and loud, and mm. you can take it into the mainstream. Like, it can actually be popular. Mm. Yeah. And he was really the first one to do it. I mean, you have Lars Ulrich who's playing aggressive music, but the drumming itself is not all that aggressive. Then yeah. you have Joey Jordison come along, and he's like, I'm going to take this this emotion or this feeling or this sound, and it's going to be popular. Yeah. 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 No, like, no, nobody's really done it better than that. Like, because no. they're, they're like, a, they're pretty aggressive, right? I don't oh, yeah. listen. Yes. I don't listen to a lot of metal either. Again, it scares me. <laughs> Some of it scares me. <laughs> we got to get you some August Burns Red, man. We, I know. I mean, I we, know. Are, we are so much the other way, it's going to scare you. Like, how is there so much hope? Their guitarists and... wear, like, Hollister and flip-flops on stage. Oh, yeah. that's not scary. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's it's the masks and the... Yeah, that's yeah. true, Tim. <laughs> Tim, that's a good point. I was thinking more so lyrical messaging. Oh, well, no, no, a it's, lot about hope it's, and love and encouragement. That's I meant great. just intimidating those... and uh, <laughs> scary. <laughs> you walk those past a person with brass knuckles, I'd be a little bit less. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So um, I, I, I've just like, like I've had double kick forever, but yeah. I never, I, I've never, I've like, I'm, 
I'm never, I've never felt good enough to, like, I've maybe used double kick on one or two shows. I'm a real one kick kind of, mm. I'm a one kick yeah. pony. Yeah. But, yeah. like, <laughs> just over the last, <laughs> just over the last couple months, I just busted out this double kick. And I don't, I don't, I'm not able to do, like, the, you know, yeah. like, or yeah. whatever, like, because, again, I, yeah. I scare myself when I play it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, so I do it more in this, like, sort of jazz kind of, like, funk kind of way. Right. But yeah. uh, I've been loving Double Kick recently. <laughs> I said that really mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. I've been loving it recently. <laughs> uh, there was this really cool. I saw. I just saw this thing, and it took me. It took me a minute to get because again, I'm not very good with Double Kick. But like, you do, um, you do, uh, you play in three with your feet. So like, my foot. It, this was actually simpler for me to get. It was more of a coordination thing. Um, so your 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 feet are going bump 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 bump. Yep. And then you play in seven with your hands, like. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Um, and but I just I just heard that, and I heard this other drummer playing, and I was like, you know what? That's not that difficult. So my next my next practice goal is like trying to figure out like. Well, I can do I can do that. Maybe I can do fives with my hand or like. Yeah. Are you thinking about throwing some metal drumming into the mix? <laughs> For sure. Sean's coming out with a metal album next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be frog. <laughs> what a mistake that would be for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! We do a lot. Like in in sound checks, I like to really like mess him up sometimes, and so he'll just be out there like kind of, and it's like, okay, well, let's just like do a song for levels or something like that, and like he's got the song called "In My Blood" or something like, and I'll just turn it into like a reggae version. <laughs> it's like, isn't it my blood? And he actually he loves it. That's great. I'm sure because. Yeah. You know, sound checks and line checks can get. I mean, if you don't really you know what fun. you're going to be working on as a band, it's like, oh man, yeah, it's 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 a drag. Yeah. Or you, or you get to that point where, okay, you guys, you can play the songs. Like you know, like it's not like right. it's it's not like you're trying to like fix anything or hey, the, you know, you've like we did the in 2019 we did um uh, uh we did the same show 120 times like throughout the world. It was just like wow. we did 120 120 shows it's supposed, supposed to be 121 but it ended up being 120 but like by like by like 50 60 it's like okay we're not changing anything let's just right. do a crazy <laughs> jam in a stadium yeah. like you know who's who right. doesn't have that you know just do some weird prog rock like yeah. right right <laughs> dude the thing is about sound check and line check for me as a drummer in a metal band is if there's something that is going wrong yeah. which which happens like all get in my own head about something halfway through a tour. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to fix this. Sound check would be the right time to do it. But then you get up there, your crew's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like local staff there and everyone's watching just you mm-hmm. as you try to fix this part that you suck at. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I hate this. I wish I had a Travis Barker set up in a back room where I could close the door, Yeah. you know, and I could just, I could Work just play, something. I could sort it out. And I remember being on tour in, in Europe, and I messed up a part, got off the click. It was a complete disaster. And three days later, we were playing this big festival for, like, 20,000 people. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I got to fix this. So we played we played in um, – I forget where it was in Europe, but, but I was like, guys, we're going to have a long sound check today. I put on my shorts because I knew I was going to get really sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> and I just worked this part out for like 45 minutes, made a complete fool of myself until I got it. And then I was good, like yeah. nailed the festival and everything. So that might be kind of strange to hear as a listener. Like, why would it be a drag to play set, you know, to do a sound check? Well, to Mike's point, you're playing these songs all the time. And there's something about someone that's creative and artistic playing the same thing over and over again, just for the sake of playing it. Like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of redemptive value there, but in this case, trying to fix something, it's it's really not not fun because yeah. you're having to show people that are in the room and your crew, your family, mm-hmm. everybody that like, hey, I can't play this, right. and I'm gonna have to play it in front of you until I can, and that yeah. that that's for me personally, like my personality, that is hard to do. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, that is ugh. <laughs> I, like the curtain I, closed. I, 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 yes. I always I always have a little uh, 
I, I, I bring around everywhere, like in hotel rooms and all this stuff. I have this little like Pelican case full. I, and I just have like, um, I have like a KT-10 or whatever. You know, those like, the, it's like a rolling pad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just have a really basic electronic setup, like literally yeah. kick snare hats. And I just practice there. Like the, every morning I just pull these pads out and just like warm up on the pad. That's but smart. Then, but then I, um, I play DW drums and um, PDP, who's like, I guess the the squire of I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. to say you know it's like <laughs> right. whatever right the subsidiary uh, yeah. the subsidiary yeah wow wonderful word <laughs> what a wonderful word drummer <laughs> um, I, I like I, squire too <laughs> <laughs> I, I got uh, I I got this like this, there's this drummer called Daru Jones or whatever um, and he he has this really little drum set that's like like really small drums um, and it fits in like these little bags and like so my challenge every day on the road is I, I run in and, like, I have to convince one of our security guards to give me some sort of closet or something like that. Because yep. mm -hmm. they, 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 don't, they don't care enough to give me a designated room. No, I don't want to say right. they don't care enough, but it's like... Right. It it's also, not a priority. Yeah. And so I can sometimes set it up in our dressing room, but that means that I won't be able to play it for the rest of the day because... You know, we'll have like random people coming in and playing it, or nobody just wants to be relaxing on a couch listening to me just like playing stupid <laughs> Latin grooves or like something. So yeah. I always, I always try to find this closet on the other end of the arena, and um, and so I just set up in this room, and I always like, I always go into the venue hours early just to just to play, and I have those like, um, I don't know, I'm need handy, but like you know those really quiet Sabian. I, I play like Sabian cymbals and they have those like, yeah. um, I forget what like they're called. Like low volume. The low volume ones. Yeah. 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 I guess they all those brands have them, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just have those little cymbals and I just go and just, just shed on yeah. this little, and it counts, sounds pretty good. It's like, yeah. it's like a 10 inch and a, uh, it's a 10 inch and a 14 inch and just this little, yeah. and a 13 inch snare drum. Oh, but it, yeah? it weighs mm. like nothing. It's like the lightest drum set and it 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 can pretty much just like fold into each other and it sounds yeah. pretty decent that's cool yeah that that's like news i mean that's news to my ears as a or, or that's uh, that's not news to my ears it it is it makes me really happy and it resonates with me to think about the option to practice before a yeah. show yeah. always has like starting off like to your point earlier about the van and trailer i'd yeah. set up my little black gibraltar kick pad and my snare stand oh, with my yeah. practice pad yeah. and I'd, I'd set up my little station in the trailer and I would, I'd play for like two hours before a show. I was completely soaked in sweat and couldn't be happier. Yeah. Go on stage and play. And, and, um, you know, those are that, that that's just really how you cut your teeth. That's yeah. how you, that's how you get good. Um, because there's no other option on tour to get better at drumming. You're playing yeah. the show, but I would argue that doesn't really, improve your drumming it's you just, just get really good at playing the show yeah the show <laughs> sure. exactly like like i i always find when i come back when i come back from a long tour i have to like sit down and relearn all this stuff mm -hmm. same because it's like okay uh, like i can play the show with my eyes closed yeah which right. is good yep. but yeah. it would also be nice to like you know keep all the other chops up i guess too like the kind of music you're playing is so labor intensive and it's such high energy like even just the double kicks like yeah mm. yeah right now i'm on a practice routine i started three weeks ago 30 minutes of hands on a pad like a reflex pad cool and 30 minutes on feet on my electronic kit behind me which i'll be taking on tour okay and then the whole abr set my whole band set to just a click that's oh, my cool. daily like gotta do it every day yeah and it, it kind of feels like the old days like i haven't practiced this much in a couple Pro probably like 10 years because we tour so much yeah with the exception of this last year but it feels like when i was starting the band and i'd work my landscaping job and then I'd, I'd come home and the first thing i would do is go out and work some more by you know playing drums yeah yeah um but that that is a personal thing like yeah i want to do that because mm -hmm. if i get on tour mike maybe this resonates with you a little bit if you're really prepped for a tour then you get out there and you can enjoy the tour more because you're not having to second guess did i do enough mm -hmm. yeah before this like like am i prepared um and if i do a lot i can go into the tour like and just have a lot more fun yeah on the road I, I i find i find even even not even talking tour wise in my life and it's always been like this since 
so I'm I'm 33 now, just about to be 34. Yeah. Um, and so I started when I started. I really started when I was 10. Right. Um, I find at every point in my life, if I can, if I feel like I'm a really, if I feel like I'm a good drummer, every everything else in my life doesn't seem as bad. Or you know, Same. like it, it's like like I I know that I can sit down. And I can feel like I'm the greatest drummer and like I can do all the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And when I can't do that, like I, you, you, you know, like what I'm saying, the greatest drummer, I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to say, you know, I'm not trying to say like, I'm, I'm not trying to compare. Oh, my, no, what are you trying to say, Mike? I'm trying to say like, like I'm the greatest drummer that for me, like I'm like, yeah. I'm the greatest sure. of yeah. my own. Of all the drummers that live inside me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got as much as you can do. We talk yeah, about this yeah. all the time on the show. Actually, this is a, a pretty uh, consistent topic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we talk about this a lot. So basically, what we say around here is, if your house is in order, you go out into the world and you get cut off in traffic, and your boss says something mean, and your relationship with someone else is falling apart, and it's okay. Um, yeah. But then if you if if your house is in a state of disarray and you leave and something great happens out in the world, it doesn't really help you. Yeah. yeah. Make your bed. So Yeah, make your bed. Right. Make your bed. <laughs> exactly. I make hotel I make hotel room beds. Yeah. <laughs> every, every single morning I wake up, no matter where in the world I am, no matter where I just slept, the very first thing I do is make the bed and I have it in my head that I'm gonna be a six. That's I'm gonna funny. be Travis Actually, Barker. In. If we, I keep this same. up, we'll be Travis Barker in six months. <laughs> we had uh, we had <laughs> Alex swinging those ropes. <laughs> <laughs> we had Alex Rudinger um, on the show uh, recently, and he's the yeah. drummer. He was in uh, Good Tiger. I think he's in what uh, Whitechapel now. He's a, yeah, he's a death um, metal drummer. Yeah, and a rock drummer. But he very, said the same proficient. exact thing for for himself. Uh, the you know he he needs to make the bed in the morning. That's his. Yeah. Uh, that's his thing. It's it's funny that you guys share that. It's <laughs> makes makes well, a lot I, of sense. I, really does. I always sort of did it, and then I I heard this thing from I I, I think it was a commencement speech from an arm, army like army officer or something like that, and he was like, oh yeah, he wrote a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really read, but I yeah. I watched a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah, he, that's what he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's incredible. I mean, it's so true. That guy yeah. led a team of brave, brave people, and this is the thing that he laid out: is like if the first thing you do in a day is make your bed, that's that's the first step in changing the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's speaking to these you know graduates, and he's saying if you go, yeah, if you want to go out and change the world, here's what you can do. And when he lays it out, you say those are so simple. Yeah. And when he gets to the end of however many there are, twelve or fourteen things, you say to yourself. That's true. Mm. Yeah, like it's 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 actually true, but it's going to require me to do those simple things with consistency. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I mean, so much of that translates into drumming. Uh, we talk about this so much. Like, yeah, if you're able to keep your house in order, your life in order, then your practice is going to be in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're able to approach playing drums with this sense of joy and gratitude, like I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I get to play drums for a living. Mike, you're the luckiest guy in the world, you get to play drums for a living. Tim. You're not the luckiest guy in the <laughs> I'm not world. The guy. <laughs> Just kidding. I am the luckiest I, guy. You're, you're soundproofing two, is nice two beautiful kids and and a sanctuary. I actually get to do what you guys wish you could do on tour whenever I want. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I come down here and I play on this kit. And I can play whatever I want, no pressure. <laughs> and we're we're just alone in a hotel room somewhere. <laughs> that's the funny. I think that's the funniest thing Tim's ever said, actually. <laughs> because what you just said has multiple. <laughs> explanations yeah that's like true. practicing drums is only one of the things yeah that's right you know <laughs> yeah that's true that's we're not gonna read into it too much but yeah. this uh this topic does uh make me think of something and, and mike I, talking with you back and forth over the past month or so yeah um one thing that i've really noticed is your professionalism um you know, we talked about how Travis Barker treats people. That's exactly what I got from you. You're playing oh, for well, Sean Mendez and all these class acts, and and here you are entertaining a podcast with some dude who just reached out on social of media. Of course, um, I, I I find I find so often like I I uh, I well, I love to talk drums. <laughs> I've yeah. like you know like I I love to talk drums, but I love to like sh- I, I'm at a point now where it's like I I love to share my experiences because if 
I like coming up, I tried to talk to a lot of drummers that were not nice to me and all this mm. stuff. And I want to do the exact opposite. But furthermore, mm. I want to I want to help like expand the knowledge of our drums, like, you know, or of our instrument. Like we have such mm. a yeah. beautiful instrument and I want people to be p playing this instrument. Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, you know, awesome. I think it's really important to like share your, uh, you know, yeah, and try. I and think tr I think what you do really well, to Tim's point, is you're professional. Yeah, but you are not always. You can tell. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell that you're not. You're not uh, looking down your nose at other people. Yeah, and you're able to have fun with this. Mm -hmm. Well, I I you're always able to just enjoy it. I I think because I I. I do, this is one of the reasons, but I was never able to, I tried so hard to get into school. Like, I'm telling you, I, I wanted to be in school. I wanted to be studying drums and all this stuff. And I kept on getting denied. So, like, it's like, like, they didn't even want to teach me. It wasn't like mm, yeah. I was, didn't get the gig. Oh, like, you know, I'm just not the right fit. Like, they didn't think I was good enough to be taught. So, because of that, I never got this piece of paper yeah. that said, I'm a drummer. And there's never been, so I always think, like, this is just going to go away tomorrow. So let's try to make as much of a explosion as we can now. <laughs> yeah. And now those same those same people who declined your app would be reaching out to you to say, "Hey, can you come teach this class as yeah. this accomplished drummer?" It's crazy. Yeah. Or can I get tickets? Or can I get tickets? <laughs> can you count me some tickets? Yeah. The guy the, the guy who denied me is kind of a big he's a big Canadian drummer. Um and uh yeah, so what we were doing, Sean's like first stadium, stadium, like like ticketed Sean Mendez concert stadium. It's on Netflix. Um, you should check it out. It's actually really good. It's check really it out. well. What's yeah. it called? It's just like Sean Mendez live on Netflix. Okay, okay sweet. I want to um, watch that. Yeah, it's actually it's actually like it's shot like crazy. Like they did uh, yeah. a really lovely job. Um, but uh, for that show. He had hit me up and been like, hey, Mike, you know, we, we probably don't know each other, but we met at this. I used to play Yamaha drums, and he's a Yamaha guy. And he was like, we met at this Yamaha event and all this stuff. And he's like, so I know you, you probably don't remember me, but I'm also from, like, this, this school's called Humber and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I've met you before. <laughs> and I'm like, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm like, I've auditioned for you three times in a row. And he's like, oh, wow, got that one wrong. And I was like, man, I've been waiting, I've been waiting 10 years <laughs> to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's amazing and it's like <laughs> and no i can't get you and your daughter into the show i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> that's so funny hey mike do you have time for uh a couple couple inner circle questions i got all the time okay yeah. i'm so literally inner just circle, practicing our inner circle cool. is a is a community kind of underneath the podcast uh they've okay. been supporting us and and we don't do ads or anything on the podcast so we're pretty much fully funded by these people and and they continue the conversation and and so they have a few questions for you yeah so i'll throw those out there um if that's cool absolutely cool so um so phil gallo or gallo i'm sorry phil um i never actually <laughs> learned how to pronounce your last name properly uh, <laughs> what's uh, what's an overlooked skill, drumming or non-drumming, um, that's helped you the most in your career? An overlooked skill. Wow, that was actually a, that's a tremendous question. <laughs> um, Phil, Phil's coming in strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, an overlooked skill. Um, I mean, I would probably say, uh. I don't know how overlooked this is. As soon as we get off this, I'm going to think of the greatest answer. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, wait, <laughs> let's get back on. Um, I, like, I, I think people underestimate how much stamina you need to be able to perform every night playing specifically the drums. Mm -hmm. um, yes, every instrument comes with their challenges and like you could have finger things and all this stuff. But, um, you know, doing what you do, Matt, and, um, like every night, you need to have your stamina up. And I noticed if I, like I notice if I don't sleep well or anything like mm -hmm. that, the show can suffer. So, um, and just having, having like the, the physical, the physical ability, you know, so I find I go to the gym a lot and I, I run a lot just to, just so I can do stuff. And then when nobody's Absolutely. in the gym, I like run and I try to do rudiments on the back of the, of the treadmill and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think like the physical exertion that, that it takes, to be a drummer, a touring drummer, any kind of drummer, really. 
Um, this is 100% right. I mean, if if you're taking care of yourself in one area of your life, then everything else matters more. Yeah. Whereas if like your body, if you're not taking care of your body and you're not getting good sleep, like you said, then everything else might happen, but it, it suffers a little yeah. bit, crumbles a little bit. And, and also you don't put as much effort into it because you don't feel good. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't That's feel right. good. So you really got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, because what you're doing on the kid is affected by a lot that's upstream of playing, which you wouldn't really think about. It's hard to quantify. Yeah. But when you sit down to play, you're bringing everything to the table. I mean, yeah. you are the one that's hitting the drums. So yeah. That's a great answer. But yeah. I, and also, just to, like, branch off that, too, like, the the potential for, like, injury and stuff. Like, I I I I haven't done anything with Sean. I haven't played with another musician since last November. That like wow. that, like things have been absolutely shut down in Canada. Yeah. yeah. So I've just been playing with myself, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was super bored, and I got offered this like full time teaching gig with this school here. So I figured, all right, let's. I'm like, let's do it. Like I'm not doing anything during the day. I'm just sitting here practicing. I might as well be making money and teaching kids like t- kids or like adults or whatever. Right. And so I just jumped in out of the blue. And I was still practicing in the morning and like I have a bit of a studio set up. So I have like some clients kind of doing that kind of stuff. So like I went from playing maybe like four hours a day, five hours a day, like five hours on like the high end to playing like 10 hours a day between teaching and just like constantly sitting on a drum stool. Mm -hmm. And I developed this crazy sciatica Mm -hmm. and to the point where I was like, and this is just recently, like going back a couple months ago, um, like crazy sciatica just moving like doing anything was just the most painful thing ever so i went to this chiropractor and i don't like just as a last just just ditch effort i'm like i need somebody to do something move something do whatever yeah and he showed me all these like stretches and all that stuff for specifically like my movements and um whenever i feel this thing like come on i do some of these stretches and it's just it like disappears wow huh so stretches that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's a good answer that's a great answer. It's yeah. a good, long good, answer. Uh, that was a long answer. Good question answer. and good answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So who was the guy that asked that question, Tim? That was Phil. Phil, okay. Uh, Thank you, Phil. Good job, Phil. That was a great question. Well and done, I, Phil. I have one more from uh, from Greg LaFranchi, um, and he has another good question, actually. Um, he asks, how do you adapt what is programmed on a record to how you play it, or how you plan on playing it live? Um... It's it's very case by case. That's uh, like that. This is the. This is, like this is the number one thing that I have to do deal with in my current like situation. Like, um, so like with a lot of pop music, it's like, or like specifically, let's just talk specifically about Sean because it can change with anybody. There's mm-hmm. some songs where it's obvious what the drum pattern is. Like mm-hmm. you know, and I I'm the live drummer. Like I didn't play any of the stuff in the studio or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, none of the things that I've played on have made it onto the actual album, <laughs> other than other than the deluxe one. <laughs> the, right. I'm on. I'm on Which a lot cool. of. That is. Oh, it's so cool. It's That's so cool. I don't. Really I don't cool. mean to. Yeah, yeah. But That's like, really I'm cool. not. I'm not on any of the actual original songs. Mike, don't put yourself down. It offends me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so some of the things are really obvious. You know, it's like it's like, oh, there's the groove. But then there's a lot of things where it's it'll be like. Like I'm currently this as soon as we get off, I have to learn a new song, and this is the exact challenge because the whole like so for like some of his other other material, it'll be like a clap. So the clap mm-hmm. is like going right, and mm-hmm. then there's just right. like some sort of really like bass drum thing that's like boom to boom, boom to boom or something like that, and mm-hmm. then there's like stick clicks. There's like a <laughs> you know like right. something like that. So it's like. And that's the whole drum part. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I can't, I can't go on stage just doing that. So, <laughs> you know, I can't just be like, you could. Yeah, I mean, so it's, you can tease that kind of stuff. So yeah. like, my my whole challenge is like, is what I try to do, and I think what I've what I've kind of like come up with a pretty good, a pretty good method of doing this um, is I always try to really keep the integrity of the recording. But give it this live feel, and a lot of it is like tri- trial and error. Like, mm. you know, like so. So, what I, role does the music director have in this? Like, when you get together, yeah, is he saying like, 
don't do this, do that. Yeah, there's a lot okay. of that. Like, like okay. so I, I was on the phone with him. Like, we're, we're, we're I don't know, I can't talk about any of this stuff. We're, we're, we're starting to slowly do some stuff. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, I gotcha. We're having the same <laughs> conversations right now. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I was on the phone last night till super late, just sort of figuring out all these options. And essentially what I'm going to do today is, like, I'm just going to come up with a bunch of different ways to do it you know, a bunch of different ways that we could approach it, different yeah. fills, different stuff like that, just because I want to be prepared for when we mm -hmm. get in the room. If somebody's like, oh, do, you know, like we do, we we talk a lot, like, I don't know if you guys do this, but we do a lot of like, oh, do something that Dave Grohl would do there. Or like, yeah. oh, do, you know, do like, you know, do, do a Ringo thing there or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. You know, All like the there's a yeah. lot of that kind of thing. And it's like, okay, so like he probably yeah. means, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Dave Grohl means flams automatically. Yeah. yeah, flams. Maybe you're doing something between your bass drum and your toms, or you yeah, know, yeah, lots like of symbols, right? <laughs> lots of symbols. Uh, yeah. yeah, but then, That's but cool. like while doing that, I always try to make it my own, and then I'll do something really Dave Grohl, and then start to pull it back and do more something that mm. I would really do. Yeah, <laughs> and then no one's the wiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's another long answer to a short this question. Been... But... <laughs> yeah. This has been a blast, man. I really, yeah. really appreciate you getting on here and talking to us and talking to our listeners and to the inner circle. That was also a great question. So thank great you question. to the inner circle for for chiming in here. Yes. Um, I always try to ask how can how can we support you during this time and and leading into you getting back to work. Yeah. I mean. Um, I'm always doing lessons, you know, like I, I, I love to just do, I love to just do anything, you know, like I, I, uh, I love to record and all this stuff. So like, mm -hmm. um, I guess if you want to know more about me or know, you know, how to, uh, yeah, just know more about me. My website is mikesleathdrums.com. And then, okay, sweet. And then if you want to just directly hit me up, I always respond to everybody. You just email hello at mikesleathdrums.com. <laughs> hello. <Okay>. Easy enough. <laughs> hello at mikesleathdrums.com. <laughs> and I want to slip in one more question if it's not too much yep. to ask because I'm oh just really God. curious. So I have an inkling of of your answer on this, but yeah. <laughs> Mike, if you could pick if you could pick one style of music to play, just one. Doesn't have to be with an artist specifically, but just if it was your own band, what style what style would be your 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 preference? Um I, I it would be some weird mix of like pop punk but with like um uh, pop punk but l probably a little more groovy slower pop punk because i'm 33 mm. i'm getting up there <laughs> 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 so it would probably be some slow groovy pop punk kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome i i just did a, i just did a there's we have a tv show out here called tvo and so i'm going on there and they asked if i had a song to like write so then, so I've I've just spent all week doing this exact thing where it's like, okay, so I want it to be pop punk, but children's pop punk. So it's like, <laughs> so I tried to make a pop punk nursery rhyme because it's like, it's the, cool. the age demographic is like seven to 10. So I spent yeah. all week making this like pop punk song with this like, bung, 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 like nursery yeah. rhyme kind of thing. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. probably the music I would go for. Yeah, nursery nursery pop rhyme, punk. pop punk. <laughs> There's a big market for uh, for that. I was just on vacation at the beach, and I have a bunch of nieces and nephews. Yeah, mm -hmm. they they wanted to watch TV. I left the room and came back. They're watching YouTube, and there's this guy who uh, I think he just makes it up as he goes. It's Blippy, but, wasn't it? Blippy, it was Blippy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Tim knew. I didn't even I, have to say. I have it. a four year old. <laughs> I mean, a hundred million views on a video of him sitting on a beach putting sand in a thirty dollar nope. toy that he bought and explaining what's happening are you and then serious? just kind of winging it wow yeah. so i think i think there's a market i i say it actually i say it all the time i have a couple i have a friend who's a who's a 3d animator and i have a, a another friend who i've been working on music with for like 10 years and we all have like pro grade studios and all of the top of the line equipment and it's like Guys, we just have to get together and write some children's songs. You you animate nope. it, get it up on YouTube. Millions of dollars later, we'll uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll retire. Yeah, wow. yeah. 
I sent the song to I sent the song to my niece and nephew, and I was like, "What should this song be called?" And so we named it uh, "Running on the Moon," <laughs> which I thought was very pretty cool. progressive. <laughs> I like that name. That's <laughs> "Running on the Moon." Very cool. Yeah, it's very cool actually. Yeah. You can use it if you want, man. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll showcase it on the podcast episode. Yeah. That's the name. That's the name of this episode. Yeah. That or, um, what was the thing that Mike said earlier? Oh, I know. Um, one kick. One uh, pony. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And one kick pony. One kick I'm pony. That one. Heard that. I'll be using that one again. Same. Well, no, I won't. I play double bass, but maybe. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again, Mike, for, for being on the show. Um, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, man. It, it was a real pleasure it getting, really to, was. getting to chat with you guys. It was so much so fun. Yeah. Thank you again, Mike, for, for coming on uh, the show. That was so much fun. Um, yeah. And I just want to say that I really appreciate that you are a pop punk fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just put together a, a playlist, actually, of just pop I punk saw music that. for its 28 hour, 28 and a half hours of pop punk. Oh, my gosh. You should send that to him. And uh, I will listen to all of it. <laughs> Hopefully your wife likes that kind of music as well. Nah, eh, sometimes. <laughs> it depends on the day. <laughs> but, yeah, and thank you all for listening. Um, we, uh, as always, we're, we're honored and, and privileged to be able to do this, to talk to, to cool guests and to have conversations consistently. Um, and for, uh, you know, the ability to have you all join in on it with us. Um, speaking of joining in on the conversation i just want to give a quick shout out to our inner circle um they are a group of the best people in the world and um they are the sole reason that we're still uh doing this thing so um if you guys are interested in being a part of our inner circle uh and supporting the podcast check it check it out pod uh patreon podcast.com <laughs> patreon.com slash holy ghost notes um if you want to, to support, get involved, what have you, there's a number of different tiers with different uh, you know levels of involvement and incentives. Um, so check it out if you're interested. And of course, as always, if you guys have any questions or, or thoughts, feel free to reach out on the socials or Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com. And make sure you're using that hashtag HolyGhostNotes on your drum videos for a chance to get featured. So good. Thanks so much for listening, yeah. everyone. Tim, thank you so much for setting this up. And thank you, Mike. This has been a blast. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks again. If you guys are interested in working with Mike, he does virtual lessons. Mike Les, uh, Mike Sleeth Drums, S-E-S-L-E-A-T-H. <laughs> I'm dropping the ball here. MikeSleethDrums.com or email him at hello at MikeSleethDrums.com. Definitely take him up on it. He's a chill dude, and you'll learn a lot from him. So, mm. yeah. Good stuff. You know what time it is. Oh, of course. Peace. Peace. Keep hitting this mic stand. <laughs> <laughs>